0: Indeed, we're on number three of our series, Freedom in Christ, headed this morning, choosing to believe uh, the truth. At the heart of what uh, I want to talk about this morning uh, is the word growth. Now, it's a very appropriate word on Harvest Sunday because we are thinking in many different ways about how God created a world in which things grow and produce fruit, And we, as human beings, are not just part of God's creation, we are the pinnacle, the climax, the the best bit, the, the final flurry of the artist, or the final crescendo of the orchestra. We are God's wow. And he created this world that produces fruit. How much more should we, the pinnacle of his creation, be those who produce fruit in his He longs for our lives to grow, not just physically, but to grow in depth and maturity. And he longs for our lives to produce fruits. And what we're going to talk about this morning is part of that journey. And it's just one thing, really. One key ingredient that is absolutely necessary if we are to be those people that in our lives grow it's faith whether or not you are walking by faith is exactly related to whether or not you will grow as a christian towards the end of the bible in the book of hebrews it says that without faith it is impossible to please god without faith it's impossible it cannot be done impossible to please god faith is an absolutely crucial issue for our Christian walk and journey. We know that we are saved by faith, that we come into God's family by faith. And everywhere you look in the Bible, it's encouraging us to walk by faith. A real living faith is the key to success in our walk with the Lord. But what is, what is faith? One boy uh, put it like this and expresses what many of us have felt, I suspect, from time to time. Faith is trying hard to believe what you know isn't true. It's kind of an effort. I'm psyching myself up to believe this stuff. I'm not absolutely sure it's true, but if I put enough energy and effort into it, maybe I'll come to believe it's true, even if my gut reaction is that maybe it isn't. Well, I want to turn all of that on its head this morning. And say that faith is not trying to believe something that you know isn't true, but faith is believing what is already true. It's choosing to put your trust in something that you already know to be true. God's role in this world is to be the truth, to tell the truth. Our responsibility is not to make up our mind whether what God is saying is true or not, But our responsibility is to put our faith in what God has already said is true. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But it's not always as easy as that. As Adrian Plass discovered, and some of you will have read this perhaps a long time ago now, when you read the sacred diary of Adrian Plass. Monday, January the 6th. Bought a really good book about faith. It's called Goodness Gracious in God's Name, What on Earth Are We Doing?, for heaven's sake. A very witty title I feel. It's all about how Christians should be able to move mountains by faith if they are really tuned into God. Very inspiring. Waited till there was no one around, then practised with a paperclip. Put it on my desk and stared at it, willing it to move. Nothing. Tried commanding it in a loud voice. Nothing. Nothing. Tuesday, January the 7th, had another go with the paperclip tonight, really took authority over it, couldn't get it to budge, told God I'd give up anything he wanted if he would just make it move half an inch. Nothing. All rather worrying, really. If you only need faith the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain, what hope is there for me when I can't even get this paperclip to do what it's told? Saturday, January the 11th. Got up early today to have a last go at that blasted paperclip. Ended up hissing viciously at it, trying not to wake everybody up. When I gave up and opened the door, I found Anne, my wife, and Gerald, my son, listening outside in their nightclothes, looking quite anxious. Anne said, darling, why did you tell that paperclip you'd straighten it out if it didn't get into its damn act together? Is that what faith is really all about? No. No, it's about discovering what God says is true and putting your trust in it because you know that if God says it, it's true. And you will believe it whether you feel like it or not because if God says it then it must be true because his role is the truth and our role is to respond to that truth. Now, Whether faith is effective or not is dependent on whom or on what we put our faith in. In fact, everybody lives by faith, don't they? The issue is not whether we believe, because all of us believe something. The issue is what we believe in. We've all got a way of looking at the world that takes faith. Whether our faith is effective will depend on what or whom we are trusting. Sociologist uh, uh, Nicholas Luhmann uh, writes, a complete absence of trust would prevent anyone even getting out of bed. You have put your trust, or your faith, in lots of things already this morning. Sometimes people say, don't they, I just can't believe I just can't trust. But you've done it already in 101 ways. When you drove to church this morning, as many of you did, I am sure, if there was a green traffic light, you were putting your trust in the fact that the lights facing the other directions of that junction were red, weren't you? And you were not only trusting that they would be red, you were trusting that the drivers who were driving on that road towards the same junction would stop if there was a red light. And in turn, you were trusting that when you saw your green light, that had it been red and you needed to stop, you'd have pressed the brake and you trusted that your car would have come to a stop. All of the time, whichever way we move, we are living by faith. question this morning, though, is what's your faith? ultimately in. If you didn't believe that there was a red light the other way, you would have crept very cautiously through the junction, I hope, anxious, uncertain about what would happen next. We all operate by faith all of the time. And the only difference, the only difference between Christians and those who aren't Christians or non-Christians is what we are putting our faith in now the bible tells us to put our faith in jesus christ the bible tells us god's word that jesus christ will never let us down he is the ultimate faith object because you will know that there have been times in your life when you have put your trust or your faith in something and it's let you down I smiled to read uh, or to see an article in the Daily Mail at the end of August. We had driven that day halfway across France using our sat-nav. Now many of you have been quite taken by my comments about sat-nav and sales of TomTom have gone through the the roof uh, since we mentioned it a month or so ago. Well, we drove perfectly for goodness knows how many miles using our little box. And then I read this article about what's happening in Wales. Now you need to understand that that the civilisation in Wales is just miles ahead of what's going on here in England. You have not got one of these in in England, but we're just way ahead. Uh, And this is what they've now erected just outside the village of St. Hilary. The article reads, In the village of St. Hilary, a succession of trusting lorry drivers have followed their sat-nav down a narrow bendy lane only to find they are stuck. But there's help on the way. And not in the form of a tow truck, instead the authorities have put up a sign warning drivers not to believe everything their satellite navigation tells them. And so we have a little sign just outside the village of St. Hilary's, a little lorry with a line, and a little sat-nav above, a little satellite, warning drivers to be very careful not to trust their little box all of the time. Things let us down, and people let us down parents will let you down, your church will let you down, even your best friends sometimes will let you down. But what if there was someone who never let you down? What if there was someone who was always there, who always kept his word, who always lived up to everything you knew to be true about him? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever he can be trusted this morning and this afternoon he can be trusted tomorrow as well as yesterday he can be trusted in the small things and in the big things he's never yet failed to be and do all he said he would be and do and because of that every single one of us here can grow in faith because it's not about our faith as much as it is about the person we're putting our faith in. How much faith we have will be directly related to how much we've got to know this Jesus Christ who never fails. The more you get to know him, the greater your faith will grow. And all of us want, as Christians, our faith to grow because we know that enables us to live more fully the kind of life that God's called us to live. Well, the depth of your faith is determined by just one thing, how well you know the person in whom you are putting your faith. So there is a limit to our faith, and it's not God's limit, it's our limit Because every time we learn something new about Jesus Christ and we know it to be true about him, we can put our whole trust in that truth because we know it is absolutely and always completely true. Our faith grows the most, though, when we act upon something. Evan, who's 18 months old now, gets to the top of the stairs and we don't bother locking the stair gate anymore because he knows that he can't get down the stairs yet by himself. So he stands at the top of the stairs, this great precipice, and screams, until someone in the family suitably responds and helps him down the stairs. At the beginning, that was fine. He'd be at the top of the stairs screaming, you'd walk up the stairs, when you got to the top of the stairs, you'd pick him up, carry him back down the stairs. One day, I got to one step below the top, and he jumped. I'm on the stairs, I'm there. I've never ever let him down. You understand that, don't you? Never ever in his world. I don't think, yet. It's coming. So he thinks, Dad's there, I'm on the stairs. I'll go. He flings himself. Of course, I catch him. Who wouldn't? The next time, did it catch him? And so then a few days later, the same thing repeats itself. I'm on the second but top step. What happens? He jumps. If I jump and Dad's on the stairs, he catches me. Then the third step, I have to get up the stairs very quickly now because I can be near the bottom. He thinks that he can jump. I'll catch him. I'm on the stairs. He's got absolute confidence that if I'm on the stairs, he jumps. I'll catch him. One day I won't. What will happen? He'll stop jumping. <laughs> Perhaps in more ways than one. But for as long as I keep catching him, he'll keep jumping. And he didn't jump down the whole flight of stairs at first. He wouldn't have dreamt of it, standing nervously at the top of the stairs. But one step, he could have a go. And then when he could do one step, then two were okay, and then three, and now it's uh, too dangerous to count how many steps before he thinks he can have a go. And as long as I catch him, he'll have a go. Hey, it's like that in our walk with God. Maybe you cannot jump off the top step into God's arms when he's right down the bottom. Maybe that's just not where your faith is. So jump when God gets to the top step. Trust him for something small. Begin where your faith is and trust him for that small thing and you will begin to understand as you trust him, he can be absolutely trusted. And when you've trusted him with this small thing and you've found that, yeah, God, wow, two steps, three steps, Have you ever wondered how Abraham could trust God in such a huge way that he was willing, even if God had asked him, to sacrifice his son? It did not begin that day. It began with little things and then some bigger things and then some bigger things and then one day when the big thing came, Abraham was ready because he'd learned to trust in the little things. Think about where your faith is this morning. What could you really trust God for? Let's forget about all the spiritual talk that we talk around and, you know, we say all the right, what can you really trust God for? Find what level your faith is and trust God for where you are today. Trust him. And you'll discover he is absolutely dependable. And in that discovery, you will grow in your faith. You'll be able to trust him for a little bit more and a little bit more. Whatever you do, don't start... With your feelings. Don't start with your feelings. You see, if you start with your feelings, you'll never move from where you are. If you feel lonely or helpless or guilty or whatever you feel this morning, if you start with your feelings, that's where you will remain you'll remain feeling lonely and helpless and guilty. But if you start with what you know is true, because it's something that God has said, and if God says it, it must be true, if you start with what God says about your loneliness, if you start with what God says about your sense of helplessness or hopelessness, if you start with what God says about your guilt, two things. You'll be absolutely thrilled by what God has said, because it'll surprise you. We're all in. We're all in. Firstly, you'll be thrilled by what you hear. You'll be amazed by what God says about loneliness and guilt and hopelessness. God has some fantastic... Not only will you be amazed by what God says... Because God is saying it, you will know with confidence that you can put your trust in it. And if you start there, by putting your trust in what you know is true, it will begin to completely change your life. But Most of the time, we start with our feelings and we stick with our feelings. And as long as we let our feelings dictate what we believe, then that belief in turn will dictate how we behave, and will be stuffed. Because you don't feel your way, as it says, into good behaviour. But you will behave by trusting in God's truth into good feelings. I don't know about you, but it's often through really difficult times that our faith grows the most. It's those times when all the things that we would normally put our trust in are stripped away. And maybe those are the moments in our lives that God uses the most to help us grow in faith. I don't know what it is for you just now. What's the difficult time? Is it a health issue? Is it a financial concern? Is it something about your future that's uncertain? Is it a relationship that's barely up? I don't know what it is for you. But it is in those moments when the things that we would normally put our trust in are taken away, that we have to look longer and harder at what God says, and to put our trust in what God says, even when we don't feel like it. And it's then we discover that what God says is true. You know the story of the man that fell off a cliff, and halfway down he managed to grab hold of a branch, don't you? You know that story. And he's just hanging there, halfway down the cliffside, And he doesn't know what to do. There's nothing he can do other than shout up the cliffside. Is anyone there? After a pause, there's a big booming voice from the top of the cliff. Hello, it's God up here. Can you help me please, God? Yes. What do I have to do? Let go of the branch. A long pause. A longer pause. Is anyone else up there? (laughs) Is there a situation in your life when you're looking for the somebody else? He can be trusted. Maybe you haven't been in church for a long time. Maybe you're here this morning just to hear that whatever your situation today, he can be trusted. He will do what he says he will do. God's role, God's role, is to speak the truth. Our responsibility is to put our trust in it. Not to believe what we know isn't true, but to begin to believe what we know is already true. And faith, of course, leads to action. Of course it does. What we believe and what we think will affect how we behave. In the Bible, there are lots of different words in our English, faith and trust and believe, but in Greek, there's just one word that sums up all of these things and more. And it carries with it a very deep meaning. It's something so much more than just uh, uh, agreeing with something, as in believing in something. But it's about agreeing and acting. It's about relying on something. Real faith is demonstrated not by what we say, but by what we do. For we will say on a Sunday, trust in the Lord with all of your heart as we sang. And yet on Monday we will be full of worry. And so our action on a Monday exposes our lack of belief on a Sunday. Because what we actually do reflects what we actually believe. And if you want to know what you really believe, the things that you really put your trust in, Just think about the components that make up your life and where you spend most of your worry and anxious times. If we start with what God says instead of what we feel, if we start with what God says instead of what we feel, it will change our perspective on everything, literally everything in our lives. So often we begin with what we feel. But if we start with what God says about each and every situation we face, it turns the way we approach it on its head. We're going to read some Bible verses to you in uh, just a moment. And uh, as we've been, uh, been doing, Kerry and I are going to just share these verses with you. Uh, and as we share them, th- there is in each verse a challenge. Because if God says that thing is true then do I believe it or don't I? Do I live as though it's true or don't I? And every truth that God says challenges the way we respond and the way that we uh, behave. And so as we read these together in a moment, I'm just going to be asking you, uh, well, I'm not going to ask you, I'm asking you now just to think about it. Can I really believe what I'm hearing from God as the truth? Or is that an area where I still put my trust in what I feel? And we know in the cold light of day to put our trust in feelings is a nonsense, isn't it? Really. Because our feelings come and go. They are dependent on all kinds of things, including the amount of sleep we had and how good the pizza was last night and so on and so forth. And so could it be Could it be that we would walk this journey of giving up, putting our trust in how we feel, and replacing it with putting our trust in what God says? And maybe, just maybe, we begin to feel a whole lot better. Let's pray. Kerry, would you come and we'll do this together. I don't know what you need to do to pray, whether it's your eyes open, your eyes closed, your eyes on the flowers, your, your eyes on your inner world. But as we read these uh, things that God says in his word, they become challenges, and so they become uh, prayers for us. Where do we put our trust, our faith today? Today. Why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength?
1: Why should I say I lack when I know that God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ?
0: Why should I be afraid? Why, when God says in his word that he has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and a sound, to complete, a whole mind.
1: Why should I lack faith to fulfill my calling, when I know that God has allotted to me a measure of faith?
0: And why should I be weak when the Bible says that the Lord is my strength, the strength of my life, and that I will display strength and take action because I know God?
1: Why should I allow Satan supremacy over my life when he that is in me is far greater than he that is in the world? And
0: why should I accept defeat in my Christian life? The Bible says that it's God's will to lead me in triumph.
1: And why should I lack wisdom when Christ became wisdom to me from God, and God gives wisdom to me generously when I ask Him for it?
0: Why should I worry and fret and be anxious? And God says, I can cast all my anxiety on Christ, who cares for me.
1: And why should I ever be in bondage when I know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there I will find freedom?
0: And why should I feel condemned? a sinner and not a saint, when the Bible says, I'm not condemned because I'm in Christ.
1: And why should I ever feel alone? Because Jesus has already said, he is with me always and he will never ever leave me and he will never forsake me.
0: And why should I feel accursed, or that I'm the victim of bad luck and circumstances again and again? when the Bible says that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law that I might receive His spirit?
1: And why should I ever be discontented when I, like Paul, can learn to be content in all in all of my circumstances?
0: And why should I feel worthless or useless or insignificant when Christ became sin on my behalf that I might become the righteousness of God in him?
1: Why should I ever have a persecution complex when I know that nobody can be against me when God is for me?
0: And why should I live confused when God is the author of peace and he gives me knowledge through his indwelling spirit?
1: And Why should I ever feel like a failure? Because I know that when I am conquering all things through Christ...
0: And why should I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and all its trouble? Father, we're asking that you would make these things true in our experience. We know they're true. And we choose to put our trust today, this week, in the things that you have said rather than put our trust in the way that we feel. Our feelings come and go. Our feelings are fickle. Our feelings are so often misguided and misrepresented. Our feelings so often misdirect us. But your word is truth. It never changes. The same today and forever. And your word is Jesus Christ, the one who will never let us down, who will never let us go, who fulfills every word that he has spoken. So help us as your people to live and to walk by faith in his name. Amen.